Welcome back, dear listeners. Last week, we talked about the stories behind the saints that Joan of Arc believed were directing her mission from God. This week, we're going to talk about how she herself was made a saint 500 years after her death. You may recall from the opening episode at the beginning of the month, Joan of Arc, soldier and saint, that bishops from the Catholic Church were in charge of her trial and ended up condemning her to die. So if it was the church that burned her, why the change of heart and change of status to a saint? Speaking as a Catholic, I can tell you, and I'm sure you already know, that the church has done some truly horrible things throughout history. This, however, was one time where they weren't totally the bad guys. The clergy charged with her trial really did not want her killed. They actively gave her chances to save herself. The thing was, though, that she was taken to northern France, which was controlled by the English, who, remember at this point, we've still got another 20 or so years left of the Hundred Years' War. So since they were in English territory, the English simply appointed clergy sympathetic to their cause. And for their part, the English wanted her charged as a heretic so that a death sentence was assured. She had humiliated them, and they weren't going to play around with diplomacy. We all know what happened next. Joan of Arc was burned at the stake at the age of about 19 in 1431. Charles VII had gotten what he wanted now that he was king, and frankly, Joan was a loose cannon for him, so I'm guessing he was at least somewhat happy he wouldn't have to deal with her anymore. Almost 20 years later, the French gained back much of their territory as the Hundred Years' War finally came to an end. Joan's mother and brothers were still alive, and when the French took back the city of Rouen, where Joan had been killed, her mother, Isabel, began calling for Joan to have a retrial because she wanted her daughter's name cleared. Her family wrote to the Pope, imploring him to reopen Joan's investigation. The Pope complied, and the Chief Inquisitor of France opened up an investigation, not just into Joan's case, but into her entire life, almost like a background check. They interviewed family, friends, soldiers she fought with. This is why we have so much information about her life in comparison to other women of the era. Some queens and princesses didn't even get their life stories committed to paper, so it truly is remarkable. In 1455, Isabel appeared at Notre Dame and gave a speech testifying to Joan's piety. At the time of her speech, she was at least 70 years old. A year later, the church overturned Joan's conviction and determined that church law had been broken in her trial, and they decreed that she was a martyr. From 1456 onward, Joan was a folk saint. She wasn't canonized by the church yet, and she experienced various revivals. During the French Revolution, however, the worship of Joan as a saint was banned because Joan had been a royalist and devout Catholic, whereas the Jacobins were secular and, you know, wanted to do away with the monarchy. It was during the Reign of Terror that Joan's relics, such as her sword, were completely destroyed. Joan's cult of personality rose again, though, once Napoleon came to power. Napoleon wanted to create a sense of nationalism and commission statues and coins bearing her image. In the latter half of the 1800s, biographies of Joan were written by various people, and even Mark Twain got in on the Joan craze. In 1869, the Bishop of Orléans wanted a celebration to commemorate the 440th anniversary of the siege. He then petitioned the Pope to canonize Joan, and the Pope actually agreed, but war soon broke out, so it was put on the back burner. She was initially rejected for beatification in 1902, and the reasoning is very rich. Apparently, the siege of Orléans was on Mary's birthday, as in Mary, Jesus's mother. They also did the, well, if God really sent her, why did she get captured? Which, how many biblical heroes had to overcome adversity? Jeez. Anyway, 
1909, she was beatified, which let me back up for a second. Here I am talking like everybody knows our crazy rules. To become a saint, there are four steps. Step one is someone calls for you to be a saint. So basically like an application is put forward for you. Step two, there's an investigation by the congregation of the causes of the saints, which is where the term devil's advocate comes from because they have people raise questions against you becoming a saint. But basically this congregation reviews the evidence. Step three is beatification where you are named blessed. There are two ways to get beatified. You either die a martyr or you performed a confirmed miracle. Step four is canonization, where you have to perform another miracle, and then the Pope approves the application. So then World War I breaks out, and Joan is back on everyone's minds, and French soldiers carried her likeness into battle and invoked her name for protection. I also read a really amazing story that French soldiers saw a German searchlight on a cloudy night, and they thought it looked like Joan, and it instantly revived their morale. I read that story, and it clearly shows that Joan of Arc was the first Batman. That was obviously the bat signal, and Batman has been a woman this whole time. Don't at me for that one. I feel like I've been super blasphemous, not intentionally, it's just my nature, but comparing her to Batman is definitely the thing that will get people angry at me and just know it. Anyway, Joan was finally canonized two years after the Great War on May 16th, 1920. So exactly 100 years ago, basically. A who's who of foreign dignitaries showed up, 60,000 regular people showed up, and 140 actual living descendants of Joan were all in attendance. Joan's feast day is May 30th, and she remains one of the most popular and well-known saints to this day, for good reason. On a bit of a down note, since we've been talking about angels and saints the last two weeks, I'd be remiss if I didn't dedicate this episode to my beautiful friend, Marie, who passed away this week. I'll see you in the next life, my friend. It definitely took me a few takes to get that out. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the story of Joan of Arc. I'll be taking a one-week break since next month has five Mondays. So next week will be a replay episode. But after that, get ready to rock like Amadeus because we'll be looking at the life of Mozart.